On this episode, I talk about my next book, Money and Tennis. Hey everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk and you're watching the Ask Gary V Show episode 14. Fun fact on the number 14, I am born on the 14th, November 14, and I have played the number 14 on roulette every single time that the ball has rolled in my life. We're talking about 8,000 times. Ekaterina wants to know, what role does internal culture play in the company's success? Can you give one concrete tip on building that culture? Ekaterina, how are you doing? It's always great to hear from you. I'm glad you're on the show. Company culture is actually the only, you know what's funny? It's funny this question's coming up today. I actually, on the way to work today, said, you know what, the book that I'm gonna write that's really gonna like, you know, I always think is crush it. Oh, thank you, economy's gonna sneak up on people. I know, as I sit here today, the book that I write on culture and how to build an organization through humans, not CFO cash tactics, is gonna be my book legacy, so whenever I get to that. Uh, So it's everything to me. As an operator, I'm all EQ over IQ. The one concrete tactic I have is way too many people make decisions on who they fire or hire based on money. Oh, we have the budget to hire another designer or camera person or like, it's, it's a financial decision. All my decisions on hiring and firing are emotional. What is it gonna do to the collective community? You know, um, if I fire this person who's so popular internally because they have great people skills, will that hurt everybody else and can I, can I push that person in, into another direction to help them get another job over 90 days instead of firing them abruptly in one day? That costs me a lot more money but does a hell of a lot for me in the culture. And so um, that is my one concrete kind of curveball. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that kind of stuff. Example. Hi Gary, this is Jelle from Amsterdam. This is why I need to be in episode 14 because our biggest uh, Dutch soccer player called Johan Cruijff, he wore the number 14. (laughs) So it's really important for us, for our Dutchmen. And here's my question, Gary. I've read a book in uh, 2011 called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And that book changed my life in a very positive way. I'm very curious about you, Gary. Did you read any books that uh, changed your life in a very positive way? Thanks. Big shout out to all the Dutch vaniacs. Um, The answer to this question is pretty interesting. This is gonna be one of the shorter answers. The answer is no. Um, that pre-mentioned book that I'm planning on writing, if it's my fourth or fifth or sixth book, when I hit eight books uh, writing, I will accomplish a very rare feat, which is that will be the moment where I've written more books than I've read. I believe that one of my core weaknesses is my lack of reading books. Um, I just don't read books. It is, I've read, three business books in my life. If you call the Steve Jobs book a business book, um, uh, John Batali wrote a book called Search about Google, and then, I'm trying to even think of that. One of my, my favorite book I've ever read was called Nine. It was about the Supreme Court. I've read like seven books. Sorry. And Tori asks, as I launched the shift in paperback, what were the three most effective things you did to drive book sales? 
Tori, thanks for the question. Really was excited to put your, uh, your question on, uh, on the show because uh, I just really want the Vaniacs to know about you. Uh, I'm a fan, we've done some events together. Good luck with the book. Uh, without knowing the true context of the book though, and, and everybody will have to do their own homework on that part, uh, there's a couple secrets I have for anybody who wants to write a book that have really worked for me and they're not really secrets, they're actually quite boring. My belief is that you actually sell your book a year to two before you're actually selling your book. By providing, by the global jab, 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 right hooding. Here's an example, Tori. I'm actually selling my fourth book right now. I'm putting out a show every day. I'm taking time, which is my number one asset. I like time. I like time more than money. I prefer time, wish I had a watch, over cash. That's how valuable it is. And here I am taking time every day out to just answer questions, to provide value, to give value, to entertain, to give an answer, to make somebody think, to provide value in their entrepreneurial venture to the people that have deemed me worth their time, thank you. And so, you know, I'm selling my fourth book right now because I'm providing value to a whole new audience. As a matter of fact, a quick question of the day, leave in the comments section if you've discovered me because of Ask Gary V. That'll be interesting to see what happens in comments. Please do that if you are, don't be a lurker. I haven't used that term in a long time. Um, so that's number one. Number two, and this is a big unknown thing to a lot of people. Uh, it surprises me how many people have not figured this out. People don't want more content as much as they want more access. Everybody wants to do book offers where if you buy three books, you can get a free ebook or this, that, more content, right? Get into this. What they want is access. One of the biggest things that I did, Tori, that really sold uh, a lot of books for me was gave myself to the audience. If you did this many books or bought this many books, I would do this live stream Q&A. I would come to your school. I would make a video for happy birthday. I, I would literally, give, sell, the number one thing people want from me, which is more access. And it's the thing you want from everybody that you appreciate. You want to spend more time with that person. Those are the two I'm giving you. I'm not giving you a third one because those are the two that matter. Hey Gary, this is Ian Westerman from EssentialTennis.com. I've got a quick question for you for Ask Gary V. First and foremost though, thank you so much for what you do. It was six years ago that I was commuting an hour in each direction to a job back and forth, listening to Crush It, and that book fired me up so much. So my question for you is, when you played tennis, or at, if you're still playing tennis now, do, do you see parallels between tennis and business hmm. and being successful in either one, or in both? What, what are those? I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts. Great, great question. You know, it's really interesting to me. Tennis is a game I love a lot and I've recently figured out how not good I am because I've met a lot of private school kids, rich kids who play tennis a lot and uh, we're on the college tennis team. And so I love the game and I like playing the people that give me good 6-4, 7-6, 6-2 kind of matches in both directions. I have a lot of fun with it and I like it a lot. And as a matter of fact, I really do see one parallel and I've never thought about this before. And this is really why I love the Ask Gary V show. Ting, uh, you know, I, I, I do see a parallel. I'm blown away that I once lost a match that I was winning 5-0 in a set. And I'm also super happy. Can somebody get Nate? Zach, can you get Nate? Uh, this is gonna be fun. Um, I'm also happy that, you know, 
and you've heard me talk about halftime adjustments, right? I'm the coach that'll be down 21 nothing, and then it's 23-21 and I won because I didn't game plan well but I adjusted. That to me is tennis, right? To me tennis is fascinating because the set is very long and you can be down 3-0 and then you're adjusting. You're seeing patterns. For example, yep. Nate, is it, true, <laughs> is it true that you've never beaten me in tennis? Unfortunately, yes. Now, is it also true that you once had me down five, or you've had me, like help me here, you've had me down five five, two two twice? Yep. Right, and you lost those matches? Yes. Okay, so what I did in those matches were, that was it, thanks bro. So in those matches when I was down five two to Nate, what happened was, you know, one, I just like refused to lose, but two, I really kind of took a step back, looked at what happened in those first seven games and started attacking either weaknesses of his or strengths of mine. It's a very mental game. I was reacting to what was already happening in that specific set and I was able to adjust and win 7-5, much to my happiness. And so, much like in business, people set out to do things. It's kind of like the Mike Tyson quote, right? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. You know, that's what I see in tennis and that's what I see in business. You have your business plan, you think you're gonna succeed and then you're out in the market and somebody copies your product for less or is better than you or nobody really wanted your stupid app. You've gotta adjust and in tennis, because it's a set, it takes a lot of time to that, for that kind of like set to like form and you've gotta adjust to, wait a minute, he's playing off of his backhand let me go at his backhand, things of that nature. Let me go to the net because I'm not winning this baseline game. The adjustments in real time and the emotion and composure and the intestinal fortitude to be down 5-2 and come back and win, that's how I see it. Trey wants to know, what situations do you find yourself most comfortable in? Trey, this is a great question. You know, I, I, I loved it when Steve brought it up, like, hey, you want to do this question? Of course, this is like a humble brag question. You know, uh, You know, I mean, where am I most awesome? You know, listen, the thing I take most pride in is I'm probably probably best when it's chaotic. And I think a lot of people fold in that sense, but to me, I, I take enormous pride. What I don't know is I'm really great in chaotic, non threatening. I'm being very honest here because I don't. I want to disguise this humble brag with a little humility because that's how I like to roll. You know, I. uh, I'm great in business when we're in real trouble. Like, I'm great, that's my, my world. I'm really good when people are upset. You know, like, uh, a, a kid in my class died in a car accident senior year, and like I, like, I was proud in the way, I helped a lot of people. I'm really strong emotionally. What I'm not sure about is if like somebody came up and punched my wife in the face, like, what would I do? Like, you know, I'm such a lover, not a fighter, that I always question myself in that moment. I actually think I come out guns blazing, but that's never really happened. But I'm most comfortable in chaos. As a matter of fact, and people can tell you this in the office, these guys can mention it. I mean, you see this stuff, I'm like rolling my ring in this show. I hate quiet and standard. I like walk into VaynerMedia, everybody's got their headphones on, like can somebody play some music? Like all this is like way not enough for me. My, my wife actually like is, keeps making fun of me because the other day I somehow said something like New York's too slow for me. She's like shut, the, you know like, like I, I'm best when there's a crap load going on. My friends, I really appreciate you watching the show. The question of the day is quite simple. Where is your favorite vacation spot? I'm trying to get into the insight of you guys. I'm also trying to figure out where to tape an episode with maybe one of you. You keep asking questions. 
I will continue to try to answer them. <laughs>